Hey y'all, please say hi. What up, what up, what up? Y'all are joining in. Race Capital is having our first roundtable IG live. Hey y'all, hey, hey. We're gonna just give a couple minutes for people to hop on. This video will be saved so you can come back and catch the conversation about the weapons that we are trying to get banned right here in the city and across the Commonwealth. We've got the resolution up tomorrow in city council. While we're waiting on this to start, if you wanna hop out and hop to our bio and our profile and make sure you sign that petition to ban these weapons. We're gonna be speaking a little while later to Frank Hunt, who unfortunately was a victim to one of these weapons and a survivor now ready to share his stories about how they may be less lethal, non-lethal, but they sure do cause a hell of a lot of harm. Thanks so much for being here. Wait, maybe one more minute. And first up, we're gonna introduce um, someone you all know, one of the co-hosts of Race Capital. They're gonna come on and uh, give us some background and some information. The reason why this is even a problem, right? We need to talk about some history behind these weapons. We need to talk about where they came from and really truly understand the problem. So we're just gonna wait one more minute. And like I said, a little while later, um, I'll get Frank to request us and tell his story right now. We're just gonna wait for Naomi Isaac to come on in. And uh, yeah, they're gonna give us some information, some backgrounds, why this is a global issue, right? This is non-lethal weapon. Oh, look who we got. We got you on, you sound really good. Everybody give a thumbs up in the chat if you can hear Naomi. It sounds like you're doing well. Thank you for joining us. Okay, well, um, thanks everyone for joining. Obviously, this is a very important topic that's affecting a lot of people here in so-called Richmond. So basically, the situation is that tomorrow we're having a city council meeting, and the Richmond City Council is attempting to strike down this legislation that was proposed by Councilperson Mike Jones and Councilperson Stephanie Lynch, which essentially seeks to ban the use of non-lethal weapons as a method for crowd control in the city of Richmond decision to strike the legislation among the full council was made by the Public Safety Committee, which consists of a couple very conservative council persons, um, to know Kim Gray and Reva Tremell. When we are talking about non-lethal weapons, just generally, and like why we're banning them, we have to understand what they are. So non-lethal weapons include flashbangs, rubber bullets, quote-unquote, and tear gas. We're going to talk mostly about tear gas and someone who's been affected, obviously, by, you know, rubber bullets. I do want to mention that flashbangs also have a very traumatic effect on people. It's meant to psychologically and physiologically just disrupt you and, and startle you. And that startling can have lasting effects. Not only can it have lasting effects in the form of PTSD, people can literally lose their hearing. 
we're not going to talk that much about flashbangs. I do want to note that every single form of non-lethal weapon that they're attempting to strike down is actually very harmful and violent to the human body and traumatizing, not just violent, but traumatizing lasting effects is what we're talking about. Really quickly about the flashbangs. I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of this particular resolution, but while you're here, a note that that is something that Chief Gerald Smith is considering these loud bangs, just to put that in there, that right now it's not something the Richmond Police Department has, but it's something they're verbally talking about as they're looking at alternatives. We know that uh, our Richmond City Council has not been in opposition to expanding the police budget. So, you know, as they continue to give the police more money, they're going to be getting new toys and new non-lethal methods of terrorizing us. And that's just very important to keep up to date, make sure that we are doing everything that we can to restrict them and how many weapons they get access to. So that's flashbangs. But mostly I'm going to talk about tear gas. So the purpose of tear gas, we think of it as a tear gas, but it's actually a pain gas. The, the purpose of it is to inflict mass pain, overwhelm your senses, cause swelling to burning, swelling pain to your lungs, to your mouth, to your skin. And these also have lasting effects for days. If you don't have access to water, it's, it can be even longer than that. And we've seen recently that they've been using this tear gas in the jail, specifically the RCJC or the so-called Richmond City Justice Center, where people's access to water is limited. And so that's another reason why we're really hard-pressed to get this uh, legislation heard before the public. So CS gas is the main gas that U.S. law enforcement uses to inflict violence on us. And not only does the U.S. police use it, but U.S. ICE and CBP use it on migrants. And tear gas generally is being used right now as a transnational like strategy among a lot of different states. Um, we see it in Israel against the Palestinian people. We see it in Chile. Right now we're seeing it in Nigeria against Black youth who are protesting police in Nigeria, SARS. And so this is really a strategy that's been employed by a bunch of different states throughout the globe, being that the use of chemical gas against citizens internationally was banned in the 1990s. So it led a lot of states to have to use tear gas on, on their dom domestically on their citizens and people within their country. So been mostly used right now as a way to control and um, all across the city, a bunch of different people and populations are concerned about this issue from, you know, the youth who have been out in the streets to the 200 medical professionals that signed on to a letter urging the Richmond City Council to stop the use of chemical irritants. And that's also on the VA band tear gas link that we posted. And again, the uh, incarcerated folks are also also asking that we ban this this use of chemical irritants. And firstly, we need to ban it because we're in a pandemic and a pandemic that is understood to be airborne and passed through through respiratory droplets. And so when the police are tear gassing us and people have to take off their masks to cough or rub their eyes or, you know, all these different things that involve literally you having to try to get this gas out of your lung in any way possible, which is going to involve having respiratory droplets leave your mouth and potentially affecting people. And then it also evokes gender-based violence. In a lot of ways, we see people who have been tear gassed over the city, the people who have been most impacted are non-men, are women. So there's a women's rights issue, but it's also a trans right issue because um, this tear gas has led to just irregularity of menstrual cycles, whether it be that people are getting cycles so often that it's constantly asking them to be so cognizant of their assigned gender at birth, or, you know, just causing their contraceptives to fail. 
fail. And there's not a lot of research currently about the ways that these chemical irritants have long-term effects, obviously, like states don't care. So right, right now, while we have people self-reporting, uh, women and non-men self-reporting on the effects that they're facing, we don't even know the other long-term impacts that this might have on our health, uh, specifically on our lungs. Um, and then lastly, you've said a lot of information. <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. I just really want to make sure that people can hear the impact of a lot of the information that you're giving. I'm hearing that this is a global weapon against people's voices. You brought up Palestine. And for folks that have not listened to our latest episode, we give a call to action for everyone to go and read up on this struggle because it's not known, not talked about for a reason. But it also gives us the blinders of how this is a global trade. It reminds me a lot of the transatlantic slave trade of weapons for bodies, for people, for, for trade, for economy. And then you just brought up gender violence as well. Issues with the reproductive system is just something that's not researched anyway. So of course we do not know that these, like I've hearing, I'm hearing stories that people are having menstrual periods for days and weeks. I personally have Nexplanon, and I've heard that a lot of people who have Nexplanon, which is the arm implant that, you know, helps you, it's supposed to prevent pregnancy. You know, it usually stops a lot of people also from experiencing painful periods and menstrual cycles and stops them from having them um, completely. And so typically myself, I don't even have menstrual cycles, but since I've experienced tear gas and I've seen other people across the city, it's been that I've had very frequent menstrual cycles. They're very painful, like there's bruising on my contraceptive. And so this is very important stuff that even when we brought it up in council, they were unconcerned with the fact that this is committing mass gender-based violence against a lot of people in this city. So thank you all for sharing your stories underneath them, reading them as they're coming up. Um, these are these are awful, but these are things that talking to people that are experiencing menstrual cycles or haven't or are trying not to, talking to them and hearing their stories. So thank you for sharing that. What else can you tell us, Naomi, about just this widespread problem? Yeah, um, you had mentioned Palestine. So I wanted to talk about the problem of the IDF in Israel as um, influence on U.S. police. I think a lot of time people speak to free Palestine as this movement that's very far away from us and not very closely connected. But when you actually look at the way that these police departments, specifically in Virginia, are trained, they are going to Israel to learn and receive training from the IDF, the Israel Defense Federation that is committing violence against Palestinians. So they're coming back and they're learning those weapons and tactics of war and using it on Black people and anti-racist, anti-police protesters. So that is the international impact. We are very closely connected to that struggle. So when we're talking about in Palestine, we can't have a movement to free and liberate Palestine unless we are talking about ending and banning tear gas because the U.S. dependency on it is also empowering Israel, which is empowering the subjugation of our siblings across the globe. So we really have to be adamant about banning tear gas. And my, my last main point is that this is costing us money. This is costing us so much money. And when we're in the midst of the largest job crisis that we've ever seen, as well as a huge housing crisis and a pandemic that we just haven't had any experience with, I think money is on everyone's mind, specifically people who don't have any. And so when we look in, at the research and we see that the police have spent $18,000 on, they spent $18,000 between June 1st and July 7th, they spent $18,000 on handheld and gas grenade forms of OC spray, which is pepper spray. And they spent $19,000 on CS tear gas canisters. And that's just two line items out of the $2 million, $2 million that they have spent policing protests. 
And so this is the impact. When we're talking about people not having money and they're talking about violence in our courts, the ways that we manage violence is by funding the solutions. And we cannot fund those solutions, those solutions which include health care, those solutions which include housing and better education for our folks. We can't fund those solutions when we're funneling $2 million into the police to manage crowds who are protesting brutality that they're facing. And so this is a very important issue. And that's just a very brief overview of a couple of the very main problems that you know people are speaking out against. And if anyone else has any, obviously, points that they think are great for addressing the reasons why we need to ban tear gas, I definitely urge you to participate in public comment tomorrow and let electeds know that people are watching them and that we have over almost 2,000 people in this city and or across this uh, state who do not believe that the police should have the power to gas their citizens. Keep you on just for a little bit while I update the folks about current legislation and the Virginia uh, General Assembly, as well as a little bit more about the resolution tomorrow. Monday, City Council, the full City Council will be hearing this resolution R048. Um, and this is to ban the non-lethal, less lethal weapons that Naomi has been talking to us about, about where they come from, how much they cost, and the impacts on us emotionally and physically. So tomorrow they will be hearing this and voting on this. In order for this to pass, we need five votes. And to be clear, because the Public Safety Committee has recommended this resolution be stricken, the full council is not set to hear public comment. We need to urge our counselors to hear our voices and allow public comment for this important piece of legislation. Please email them and sign up for comment. There are nine council people. Three of them have already said no, y'all. So let's talk about those three really quickly. The chair of the Public Safety Committee, which met back in July and heard public comment barely. Please check our last episode for more of that. But in July, they heard public comment about this resolution proposed from Councilperson Jones and Councilperson Lynch. And um, all of the comments there were to support this resolution. And we heard more of these comments. The chair of that committee is Reva Trammell. Reva Trammell, if you have not been watching city council for years, every single council, she has found a moment to glorify the occupant in the White House and thank him by name and put it off because of the smoke detectors that are now free because of the funding that he continues. My point is, is that she finds a reason to say 45's name and thank him for years since elected at city council. She decided this past year, you know, when elections started happening, that she needed to join the Richmond City Democratic Committee. So she is technically a Democrat because she just recently joined. But please also know that she had the incident with the cookie jar, the racist cookie jar earlier this year. Uh, Reva Trammell has constantly and continually shown us here at Race Capital as we interrogate the racial narratives. Tell me if I'm wrong, Naomi, that she is not for our benefit. No, and Reba Tremel is one of the people that has offended me most as a council person, not to just talk about the slave memorabilia, but on that specific public comment, a uh, public safety meeting, where they were trying to not hear public comment, and they were actually, they tried to vote on, you know, striking down the legislation before they heard pu public comment, and they, like, embarrassed themselves. They didn't even care that we were on the phone, y'all. So 
she was the one, Reba Tremel, who was, was the one who was most offended that, you know, cops have to hear people saying that they don't like the police, defund the police, and potentially having water bottles thrown at their feet. Meanwhile, we are facing serious, long-term bodily trauma from the weapons that they are continuing to give the police. And so we really have to look at the people that whose health they prioritize, because right now it's the cops. We will be joined later um, by our other co-host, Kalia, but she is in the comments right now telling everyone that Reva Trammell does have a competitor. Just let you know that that is who is chairing the Public Safety Committee. And then the, co the vice chair is Kim Gray, y'all. Kim Gray. And then we have Chris Hilbert. I can't take up too much more time because we are going to hear from Frank Hunt in just a minute. But to let everyone know that Senator Locke in the General Assembly has put forward a package that has been moving forward and are one of our best chances to have some real change in the General Assembly around these weapons. So please follow that bill with Senator Locke. That's Senate Bill 5030. We'll put that in the comments as well. Um, and then locally, this resolution that we have tomorrow. Now, if the, the Richmond City Council decides to not support this resolution, Naomi, are we going to back down? No, and that's the thing. We got to start thinking about how we are about to organize around this issue because the fact of the matter is that we are biting and praying and to God that the Democrats or the Republicans actually hear us out on any of these issues. And so we're going to have to have some serious re-energizing, re-mobilization around just letting these people know that we're still watching, that we are not okay with the abuse, that we're not okay with the violence, that we're not okay with the colonization, and we'll continue to talk about it until they hear us. And so we really have to think about the ways that we're going to mobilize this week if they do not hear this legislation, because y'all, they have tried to not hear this several times. So it's very likely that they will not hear any of the public comments that folks submit and someone asked how to submit. We'll probably touch on this again at the end, but you can call in and um, we'll try to make a post about that or include that in our link maybe later today so that people can have easy access to how to sign up for public comment. You can email your comment until 10 a.m. to cityclerksoffice at richmondgov.com. That's cityclerksoffice office at richmondgov.com or you can call 646-7955 extension 3 before 10 a.m. If we want to be heard about anything, not just policing, we need our right to protest. And if we don't have that, y'all, they don't have to hear us about anything. But Naomi, thank you so much for joining us. They're out. All right. All right. Everybody's still with me. We still here? I think we're still good. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a thumbs up. Okay, y'all, so we are going to continue this, and we are going to invite Frank. Hello. How y'all doing? Hey. Thanks so much. Did you good? You all comfortable? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm comfortable. I'm sitting in the car now. Well, um, if you guys want to talk about the effects of um, a rubber bullet, um, the tear gas, um, and the flashbangs, um, well, um, it's a very, very um, traumatic experience. Um, and being shot in the eye, um, being shot in the head, um, it, 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 it was with intent to cause great bodily harm. Um, you know, um, the underlining symptoms were, uh, they complicated my mental health, um, you know, um, 
inability to, um, you know, some sometimes uh, think properly. Um, I became over overtly aggressive, um, as opposed to my normal behavior. Um, I realized the change in my um, relationship with my family, um, with my kids. Uh, um, it, it, it caused me to go go on the the defensive. Um, you know, um, my so you know, like my everyday life, it, um, it isn't easy now. Um, you know, uh, it, it it was like you know, and and I do agree with you guys. They they use those weapons to to silence our voices. You know, they use non-lethal weapons to silence our voices, and um, you know, um, I go through PTSD daily. You know. Um, Loud noises scare me. Um, yeah, I, I, being in a crowd of people um, is it, 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 is a trigger for me. So you know, um, I, I haven't been as active. You know, um, I do think that um, we need to uh, defund the police. I agree with that, and then I also agree with um, banning um, non-lethal weapons. Um, they are. Uh, detrimental to our health and our livelihoods um and they shouldn't be used on um u.s citizens um you know um if they use those weapons uh, in war um it's considered a war crime you know uh, it's a war crime to use it on another country so um we have to stop them from uh, using using them on citizens yeah yeah thank you so much sharing your story, Frank, for sharing that. Um, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm originally from Orlando, Florida. Um, I, I moved to Richmond, Virginia five years ago. I came up here for, um, for on a contract. I remodeled the Patrick Henry in Williamsburg. It's a vacation resort. Um, you know, and uh, but coming up, at, growing up in Orlando, you know, um, I was a victim of systemic uh, racism and oppression. Um, I was profiled and I was profiled at a young age, you know, and, and, um, my, uh, main reason for going to jail was, um, you know, um, truancy and, um, nine times out of 10, I went to jail from school, you know, so the prison, the school to prison pipeline is real, you know, um, so, um, I, I really, I kind of, I kind of grasp the understanding of that. Um, but growing up, I, I honestly, if you guys want the honest to God truth, I grew up a gang member. Um, I didn't, ha I, my, my family support was slim to none. Um, I was raised by my, um, grandparents and, um, you know, so I, I, I had a sense of, uh, I, 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 I wanted to belong somewhere and, um, me being a gang member, that gang gave me a um and the gang gave me a life you know um and uh once uh i you know it, it was a it was a curse and a blessing altogether um because i stand on the original message of our forefathers which is the black panthers you know um they never hurt our community um they never went out and and, and said hey young blood go 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 shoot this guy you know it wasn't the case you know they promoted uh black unity black wealth you know and uh and and that's the message that I continue to stand on. Um, I've been a gang member 14 years of my life, um, and uh, I'm 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 honestly proud because it made me a man. Um, 
things that I, that it gave me, a, it gave me structure. Um, it's kind of like being in the military. Um, it gave me structure. It gave me a purpose in life. And that's why I continue to push for social justice, for racial equality, for, um, you know, uh, our kids to stop being um, imprisoned, you know? Uh, because it starts there, you know, um, you, you you know, like it, it's like um, even with the prison system, you know, um, it's like uh, what the, they don't teach you stuff there. Like they, it's not it's not really like that. You know, they, they'd rather uh, confine you. They'd rather um, treat you like a piece. Of, uh, I can't talk like that. They'd, they'd rather treat you, like, treat you like a piece of crap. Um, but uh, I. Um, Graduated from Edgewater High School in Orlando, Florida. I went on to um, prison after that. 18 years old uh, was my first time um, being um, incarcerated as an adult. And I spent three years of my life in the Florida Department of Corrections. And I've seen racism at its finest there. Um, I've been called nigger. I've been locked in a box for 180 days with um, no explanation as to... Um, you know why I was there and then they told me that if I told my family that they beat me and put me in there again I can honestly say that um my heart uh got into the Black Lives Matter movement um when um I first beaten here in Richmond I was beaten by uh well I was physically assaulted by uh Richmond City Sheriff's deputy by the name of Deputy L.F. Broadnax um I was falsely incarcerated and charged. I went to trial on that charge by myself. Um, the lawyer that was appointed to me by the court, he tried to sell me out. Um, it was a little um, black guy. Um, he was a part of the LGBT community. Um, he had a mohawk haircut and he was, um, and, and he told my girlfriend and me we were wrong and that um, we weren't going to win, that I wasn't going to win the case and that I had to plead out. Um, and, uh, I fired him immediately because of the because of his approach um, to the situation at hand, and I went to trial by myself and I won. They charged me with obstruction of justice and disorderly conduct, and I uh, had the officer admit in open court that I wasn't belligerent and that I did in fact step out of his way so that way he could continue his um, daily duties. When was that? Um, this was last year. Um, I was protesting in the middle of the median on Broad Street by myself. And, um, you know, so, uh, I, you know, uh, and, and I reached out and uh, to a couple lawyers and, you know, and I reached out to the media and they swept it under the rug. It was like it, 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 it didn't even happen. So um, here I am. Uh, I, I'm showing up to court for a uh, driving on a suspended license and then I leave with the extra charge of, I, I leave that court building with the extra charge of um, disorderly conduct and obstruction of justice. Um, once I was transported to the jail, I told them I was injured. They never rendered me aid. And then the verbal confrontation that me and the deputy had, uh, you know, kind of like invoked the other officers to do what they did to me. So my, uh, my bondsman was waiting for me in the lobby and at the time and they told me upstairs and instead of dressing me out and taking me upstairs they took me in the dress room beat me up and then released me we are hearing 
within the Richmond City Jail that the deputy sheriffs and the police are taking those retaliatory steps and physically harming people. And then, so we believe you and we hear you. Um, I started a foundation called um, Be the Change RVA. Uh, I'm still looking for members. Um, however, when uh, we're in the neighborhoods, you know, and you have people in the neighborhoods that like Jackson Ward, Mosby, Creighton, and, I mean, it goes for all, all it's all, all over America that, 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 that this applies and all across the world that this applies, you know, instead of um, letting your brother or sister do something that could affect someone's life for the rest of their life, you know, whether it be kill somebody or, or, or cause great bodily harm or anything like that you know be the change be the voice stand up and say hey man you know that's not right or, or you know um and, and instead of recording something put your phones down and do something about it you know um I, i'm quite i quite i'm quite sure that everybody would agree with me that um had we put our phone had, had they put their their phones down um during the arrest of george you know, we got to take it to get there because by the time the police did or, you know. Um... Just making sure that people heard you. We, we had a little Internet trouble, but you brought up the point that if people had put their phones down and intervened with George Floyd, that brother could still be alive today. And we can save each other's lives instead of depending on the police to bring us justice in these moments. And right. I went to um, school. Uh, I, I went to school. Um, I. Uh, I gained a bachelor's in information technology. And since uh, I've been injured, um, you know, um, I've been unable to work, you know. Um, it's a constant struggle with my mental health on the daily. Um, so um, I have three kids that I'm, 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 unab I'm unable to be a true father to at the moment, you know, because of, um, you know, my emotional well-being, my mental health, Um and my lack of um having um income and um and and and, and, it, and it comes from my injury um but you know uh, my message to um the people is that um continue to fight to break the ide ideology of racism you know uh these statues overlook this statue overlooks our city and um we have to break that ideology you know if we don't break that ideology, um, we're forever going to be slaves. Right, right. Frank, um, how can people support you and your family? Are there any type of fundraising happening for you? Or I'm also willing to just drop in your cash app right here on these comments so people can also support you and your family. Sure. Um, Frank, again... Thank you for everything. We will keep up um, with your story. It looks like we really need to dive into what happened to you last year as well, not just with this rubber bullet. Um, also, I want to uh, bring something to the community that um, I did have a GoFundMe where um, people donated. However, it was this woman. It was my, my GoFundMe money was stolen. Um, I reached out to GoFundMe and um, I told them, I explained the situation to them. And um, they didn't honor their um, GoFundMe guarantee. Um, they told me that I had to sue the person. Um, and I did. I went to um, trial on the lawsuit and uh, I won. Um, however, um, I doubt that I'd ever see that money. Well, unfortunately, Frank, I have a little bit of experience with people stealing GoFundMes. 
another conversation, y'all. But I, I would um, be willing to talk to you a little bit about that because we, we had one of the same situations happen with us as well, unfortunately. Frank, how can people follow you to continue to support you? Well, I'm the artist. I'm, I'm an independent music artist as well. Um, so you can follow to you can subscribe to my um, YouTube channel. Um, it's Florida French. And then uh, I make only re I make uh, revolutionary music now. It's not more of the hardcore rap anymore. <laughs> um, and um, you can also follow me on Instagram, uh, Frank underscore Hunt nineteen fifty double underscore. Great, thank you again, um, Frank, and we'll be able to share that with you. And um, appreciate all your work. Keep up the fight, brother. All right, that was Frank. What did y'all think? I kind of blew my mind. I mean, really, truly hearing about his story from in Florida, the school to prison pipeline there, finding his family in a gang environment, which I have to say, I've found a real uh, contradiction, obviously, by the way that we have this, this empathy for law enforcement, yet... Um, we are very quick to criminalize a gang. And we just heard the benefits that that brought to Frank and the terror that's brought to him from the police, right, and to many of us. So in just a couple moments, we are going to invite Kalia, co-host with Race Capital on up to close us out. Hey, welcome, welcome. Thanks, Frank, for sharing your story. That was really powerful. It's truly he's experienced what they created for us by design to have to go through, right? I mean, all of that is intentional of what a black man, black woman, black folks, marginalized folks have to go through in this country. Um, really appreciate the piece of care that he found. Yeah. And the way Frank has been working through these courts, like, hello. Come so, on. hey, y'all, reporting live from my headquarters at home. Please support Frank's Venmo. He just dropped it there. It's at Frank-Hunt407 and hit his cash app as well. The cash app is money sign B3 The Change RVA. So hit cash app. Hey to the new folks that are popping in in the comments. I'm about to conclude for us and round up what y'all just heard. So as you know, tear gas, rubber bullets, these weapons are weapons of war. They're being used indiscriminately in Richmond. We have had people having to put towels under their doors because of the way that the gas was just going through the Carver community during the summer. It's just been a mess, frankly. As someone with asthma who uses a breathing machine, it's frightening to think about how these weapons are being used during COVID-19. So our city council has the power to stop this now. Do I have faith that they will? No. Um, do I have faith that uh, LeVar Stoney, the champion of RPD, will take a stand to stop these weapons? You see Chelsea's headstone back there. RIP LeVar Stoney's career. But we have an issue here where we're seeing gas and a domestic war zone in our city. So we need five city councilors to stand up and take a stand against this. Five city councilors that have the courage to say, we don't want our youth, elderly, indiscriminate, it don't matter who it is, 
people getting gassed and shot at and this summer was enough and they, they're ready to ban it. That's what we need. So we need y'all to reach out to your counselors. Even if you didn't vote in any of the last elections, you don't plan to vote this election, you have a counselor that is responsible for your district. And we would love for you to call them, email them, blast them on social media and pressure them to vote yes, to hear the public on Monday and to ban these weapons. That's what we need. Also, you can sign our petition. So we're at over 1,200 signatures at this point. And I actually ran through and aggregated the data. And this is almost 1,000 from people in Richmond and even more of Virginians that are standing up and saying to the Richmond City Council, to the Virginia uh, General Assembly, that we do not want these weapons in our community because we know that it's happening in Richmond, but it's also happening in other places throughout Virginia. And they're using it in detention centers and uh, jail facilities all through our state for people that are inside, and that's an issue. So sign the petition, and what we really want y'all to do is share it with five friends. Because if you're on our IG, I'm hoping that at this point you've already signed the petition. But send that bit.ly, I mean, text message, Twitter, IG, share our posts, share it out. Let's get people to sign it. We also want you to sign up for public comment tomorrow. So they're trying to play us and they're saying that we're not going to be able to even be heard. Even though for real, we've already spoken out before at city council. So they've heard this. We're asking for them to hear us again and then go ahead and ban it. But we want y'all to sign up for city council by 10 a.m. tomorrow. Remember that they have changed the time from noon to 10 a.m. So you have to either call the clerk's office or I believe there is an email sign up. I personally would call if I were you and talk to her and make sure that you're signed up. Tell them that you want to talk in support of the tear gas ban resolution by 10 a.m. And if y'all need help, DM any of us on the Race Capital team or our page, and we will make sure to talk you through that process. And again, listen to our episode. So this is just a taste of some of this research and work that has been done around this tear gas campaign. But make sure you go to bit.ly slash, in all caps, demilitarize RPD and listen to the episode and get up to date on this issue. And if you yourself have been gassed, if you've been shot at, feel free to submit a story to us at our encrypted email, which is racecapital at protonmail.com. Uh, we're collecting those stories. We have an abundance of these stories, similar to the stories that Frank just shared with us today. And we want to make sure that we're continuing to archive these stories of terror by our police. And I just want to finish off by saying that while the Richmond police are, you know, active in this violence, we have to also remember that it was the Virginia State Police, the VCU PD, Chesterfield County PD came out, Henrico PD was out there. We had a lot of different, uh, the Sheriff's Department that are actively using these weapons. So making sure that we understand that. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. We will do more of these round tables like this. Chelsea, I kind of like this. Did y'all like this? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> this is something new for us. But we want to continue doing these type of engaging things so y'all know what's going on. 
and you can support in different ways. And if you want to get more active in our campaign, DM us too so that we can get you involved. Right. So um, we've said a lot of this. So tomorrow, October the 12th, we are having the city council at 6 p.m. I saw somebody say, do we need to roll up? I'm not telling y'all to roll up. We ain't organized nothing to roll up, but that don't mean you can't roll up tomorrow. Okay. Council will be in, in meeting at four for an informal meeting. They'll talk a little bit about the mayor's task force on um, reimagining policing. If you want to tune in that or make some noise. Um, thank you so much to Frank today. Thank you to my co-host for being a bomb. And we will be shishing, sharing the bit.ly so that you can call and sign up for public comments and make sure share this petition around. Don't worry, we will not stop for tomorrow because we need to get these big and not just in Richmond, but all across the Commonwealth. It's time to defund the fucking police. Defund police. Y'all have a good Sunday. Have a good Sunday. Thanks again to Naomi Isaac, our third like your bill. If you like this, let us know if you want to hear more and make sure you tune in to our episode that aired last week and that's coming up this week a little bit about black labor and that big ass statue we're trying to get down will be right here on race capital 10 a.m on wwrirlp 97.3 fm richmond independent radio i can't talk no more i'm stumbling let me get off this thing peace thanks y'all